You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So when we received this connection, on, on the connection card, we received this uh, testimony I thought I wanted to share with you guys. I think it's wonderful. It says, with all the negativity in my life in the past, growing in God is a posit- positive that changed me forever. I grow every day. God is good. Amen. With all the negativity that you maybe have had in your past, this person says, growing in God is the positive that has changed me forever. There's a wonderful hope in that. And you grow every day because God is good. So for us to start out right, we learn that we have to connect to God. Jesus said that uh, if you abide in me and I abide in you, you will bear much fruit because apart from him we can do what? Nothing. Nothing. So apart from Christ, we can do nothing. And then the Bible says that he wants us to continue to grow. And if we have his nourishment, his, his DNA running through us, we will, we will grow in that area. Well, the next part, and this is the DNA of the church, connecting, growing. The next part is serving. Jesus told his disciples that he came to the world to serve and not to be served. If anyone should have been served... As the creator of the universe, the God of creation, it would have been Jesus. But when he came to this earth, he modeled something for us that we should follow his example. And that is that we should serve one another. His people are called to serve. And that's what ministry is. It's about serving. But you have to know your shape. Look at your neighbor and say, do you know my shape? Look at your neighbor and tell them, I know your shape, right? Some of us is a little bit more shape than others. And Rick Warren came up with this wonderful acronym to illustrate serving in ministry, and we use it here at LWC because I just think it's great. So knowing your shape begins with five different components, each one is a, this is an acronym for, for the ones that are important to us. So the S in knowing our shape is knowing your spiritual gifts. You see, when you come to Jesus, today Leroy came up and gave his life to Christ. And Jesus imparted a gift in you. That's a God-given gift. Every one of us has a God-given gift. And the reason that he gifts every one of us is so that we can edify, we can build up the body of Christ. The gifts that God gives to us is not for for us to be glorified in ourselves. It's for Jesus to be glorified. Don't you love when uh, Steve Drake leads us in praise and worship? God has gifted him. And uh, Art and Brian and um, Andrew... And so that's a gift from God. So let's look at some of the gifts and see if maybe one of these speaks to you. These are not all of the gifts, but I put 12 down here. The first one is preaching. There's a preaching gift. 
And that is the ability to publicly communicate God's Word in an inspired way that, is both, that both challenges and comforts individuals. Amen? Amen. Romans 10, 14, and 15 puts it like this. But how can they call on Him to save them unless they believe in Him? And how can they believe in Him if they have never heard about Him? And how can they hear about Him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the Scriptures say, How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Preachers bring good news. Amen? The second spiritual gift that one of you may have in here, and here's the thing, beloved, I believe that there are some preachers in here. You've got that gift. The second thing is evangelism. Evangelism is the ability to communicate the good news of Jesus Christ to unbelievers in a positive, non-threatening way, the ability to sense opportunities to share Christ and lead people to respond with faith. You go around individuals, they've never heard the gospel, they, they, they don't know anything about Jesus, and you share the good news, and it's, it's, it's in such a way that they are open to it. They're, they're enticed. They, they, they yearn to hear what you're going to say. How many of you know that Billy Graham was an evangelist? And Billy Graham would speak. And when he got done speaking, there'd be thousands that would come to Jesus. That was a gift from God. In Acts chapter 8... Um, Philip, who was one of the first servers and, and, and deacons, we call him, he had the gift of evangelism, and he went out, first of all, to Samaria. And in, in his uh, going to Samaria, he, uh, he led many to Christ, but he would go to many or to one. And there's a story where he meets a, a eunuch who was um, very high in, in, in under the queen of Ethiopia, and this is what happens. Let's go to the 26th uh, of chapter 8, Christy, please. It says, As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candic, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship and he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. So he went and he started walking along, along this carriage or beside it. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. And Philip asked, do you understand what you are reading? And this man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up unto the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture he had been reading was this. He was like a sheep led to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth he was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants, for his life was taken from the earth? The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with this same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, there is some water. Why can't I be baptized? That's why we baptize people, because it's very scriptural, okay? He ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. Where am I? 
When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Meanwhile, Philip found himself further north at the town of Azotus. He preached the good news there and in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. So we see there that Philip preached to the many in Samaria or to the one, the eunuch, but they were they wanted to hear about the good news and they would come to Christ. Isn't that awesome? Some of you in here, you have the gift of evangelism. You go around people and you just begin to talk about Jesus and they, they want to hear more. They've never heard about this and they come to Christ. The third spiritual gift that I put down is discernment. Discernment. And that's the ability to distinguish between the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Some of you mothers have a sixth sense. What you're telling me is not true. That's called discernment. Acts 16 puts it like this. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who, who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. And she earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. The girl followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are the servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way you ought to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so troubled that he turned around and said to the Spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the Spirit left her when the owners of the slave girl realized that their hope of making money, see, they were using her as a medium to make money, okay? But it was an unclean spirit that was in her. So that tells us, I want you to grab a hold of this, that there are unclean spirits that can deceive people. Amen? So he says, at that moment the spirit left her. When the, when the owners of the slave girl realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews who are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrate ordered them to be stripped and beaten. The, the thing that I want us to grab a hold of is that Paul discerned. He had discernment, and he discerned that there was an unclean spirit, and he cleansed that woman of that unclean spirit. Here's the thing, beloved. There are times that there will be unclean spirits that will be leading and guiding people around us, and we need the gift of discernment to say there's something not right so that we can help them along and that Jesus can cleanse them. Amen? Amen. There are things that happen in our lives that we definitely need that. The fourth one is teaching. Teaching. That's the ability to educate God's people by clearly explaining and applying the Bible in a way that causes them to learn the ability to equip and train other believers for ministry. Ephesians 14.12 puts it like this. 12.12. 12. Their, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So someone with a teaching gift is to build up the body, to teach them in the things of God. Amen? Aren't you glad that we have some people that have, that have walking in that gift in the children's church area? In the teaching, in the teaching gift, they're, they're, they're helping our, our children to grow in the things of God. There are some of you in here, you have this gift, and God wants you to know He, he, he desires for you to use it. 
to build up his people. It's one thing to use the gift in the world, and that's a wonderful thing as well, but it's amazing when we use it in the church to build up God's people. Amen? The, the fifth one is encouragement. Encouragement. And that's the ability to motivate God's people to apply and act on biblical principles, especially when they are discouraged or wavering in their faith. The ability to bring out the best in others and challenge them to develop their potential. Has anyone ever gone through a difficult time in your life? Has anyone in here ever been encouraged by someone? Are there people in your life that you know when they come around they are going to make you feel better than what you felt before they came? Are there people in your life that when they come around you know you're going to feel worse? Let's pray for them, okay? Yeah. Um, 1422, uh, Christy. That's strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. And that's exactly right, that, that we, we need each other because we go through discouragements, through difficult times, and I just love people that have the gift of encouragement. Uh, number six, missions. That's another spiritual gift. Missions, and this is the ability to adapt to a different culture in order to reach unbelievers and to help believers from that culture. When we go and make a trip to Guatemala, Central America, different places that, that Living Word Chapel has gone, most of the people that get signed up for the short-term missions, they're people that the Holy Spirit is working through them, and they have the ability to adapt. When you go to another country, you need to be able to be flexible, flexible, flexible. Amen? We were in Guatemala City. Mike laughed right now, so he just he popped into my mind. We were in Guatemala City, and we were driving through this you know, humongous city. I don't know what the population is. It's huge. And uh, we went around the block about four or five times, and Mike says, I think we're lost. Do you think they know where we're going? I said, no, but we're going to get there one of these days. You have to adapt to whatever happens wherever we go. And so um, uh, the missions is, is very important. Um, 1 Corinthians 9.19 says what? Even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. Ain't that wonderful when you go to other places and you can adapt and, and you become just like them so that you can bring them to Christ. Some of you guys have the gift of being a missionary. Number seven, service. The ability to recognize unmet needs in the church family. And take the initiative to provide practical assistance quickly, cheerfully, and without a need for recognition. When you have the gift of service, you don't need for people to go bring you up and say, look at what they did for us. You just do it. You just know it's needed. You can tell when someone has the gift of service because when something happens, they're right there. If something gets spilled in the, in the um, uh, say, some punch or coffee gets spilled in the, in the gathering, the pre people with the gift of service will right away start getting the, the paper towels and they'll go start working. They got the gift of service. Those that have the gift of leadership will be saying, hey, go help them. <laughs> right? The napkins are over there. Go over there and get them. Go get the mop. Well, what are you going to do? I'm telling you what to do. But think about it. It's like that no, even in families. The scripture, Acts 6, 1 through 7. 
In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because the, their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food, so they were feeding the, the widows. Now, do people ever argue and get upset at each other in the Bible and in the church? Never, huh? Yeah, they do, right there. And, and so, uh, so the twelve, that's the apostles, they gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit, also Philip. Philip is a guy that went to Ethiopia. Um, uh, Prechorus, uh, uh, Nicener, Timon. Why can't they ever have like the real easy names in the Bible? <laughs> Parmenas and Nicholas. I, I like Nicholas. That's a, that's a good name. From Antioch, a covenant to Ju Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. And so these, these men, these seven servers, became the first deacons. So the deacons that we have at Living Word Chapel, the way that we recognize them is those people that go out of their way to serve and don't want no notoriety. They don't want people to, to know what they're doing. Uh, a good example is Gene Kitterman. Gene, Gene is one of our, of our deacons, and he is constantly serving. He's here every week and, and does the lawn and, and things. Whatever needs to be done, he's been doing it for years because he's got the gift of service. Amen? And there's many of you in here that also have that same gift. The next one is the gift of mercy. That's the ability to manifest practical, compassionate, cheerful love towards suffering members of the body of Christ. How many of you need mercy sometimes? Huh? How many of us have done something bad and you know you've, done, you've messed up, you know you've messed up and, and, and you don't need someone to come and tell you how bad you've done. You already know that. You usually need someone to come and tell you, I'm here for you, and I'll help you through this, through this, uh, through this hardship. Okay, so uh, Romans 12.8 puts it like this. If your gift is to encourage others by encouraging, it is, if it is of giving, uh, give gener uh, generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. So he goes on and on in Romans 12, but the one that I want us to look at is that there's a gift to encourage others. That's a gift of mercy. Uh, Number nine, hospitality. Hospitality, that's being hospitable. And that's the ability to make others, especially strangers, feel warmly welcomed, accepted, and comfortable in the church family. The ability to coordinate factors that promote fellowship. And so um, when, when you have the gift of hospitality, you just invite people over to your house. You just invite, you, when people come into the church, you just go right away and you just make them feel welcomed. Don't you love it when you go to a place and someone makes you feel welcomed? Don't you hate going to a church? I, I would hate going to a church where no one would say hi to you and they'd ignore you and they never loved on you. But there's that extra gift of the Holy Spirit to be hospitable, and that's a wonderful gift. Let's go on to number 10. Number 10 is leadership, because you can check the scriptures later on as well. Leadership. 
And that's the ability to clarify and communicate the purpose and direction or the vision of a ministry in a way that attracts others to get involved. It's the ability to motivate others by example to work together in accomplishing a ministry goal. So people that have the gift of leadership, it's amazing because all kinds of people will come together and they'll move forward for the vision. Now you can use leadership for good and you can use leadership for bad. Amen? When it's from God, you will always lead people in the right direction. Hebrews 13.7 says what? Remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow the example of their faith. So as leaders, this is, this is huge. Because as leaders, I'm going to give an account to God for how I led. Amen? Pastor Bob will give an account. The elders will give an account. Those of you that have a leadership gifting, you will give an account to God for how you've led. But when you lead through the Holy Spirit, through the power of the Holy Spirit, and through His grace, it's amazing because people will begin to walk in that way as well. Amen? The next one is administration. That's the ability to recognize the gifts of others and recruit them to a ministry. The ability to organize and manage people, resources, and, and time for effective ministry. A true administrator is always putting things systematically and in order. You know, I've got the gift of, I believe, visionary and leadership. And I'll say things, and Janet will say, well, let's write them down. Let's put these things. That'll give me a headache. You know? Different kinds of gifts. But, but you know, when you have that gift of, of administration... You, 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 you make sure you put things orderly and structurally and you put things right. Do we need that? If everyone was leaders, we'd be going crazy. We need the gift of administration. The next one is faith. And that's the ability to trust God for what cannot be seen and to act on God's promise regardless of what the circumstances indicate. The willingness to risk failure in pursuit of a God-given vision, expecting God to handle the obstacles. Amen? You, 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 you ever been around people that have the gift of faith? Because there's faith. Everyone has a measure of faith, but then there's a gift of faith. The gift of faith is the Holy Spirit gives us that ability to believe in things that everyone says, you're nuts. You're nuts. That's not going to happen. When the 12 spies went out to go uh, uh, survey the land, 10 of them said, those guys are giants. There's no way that, that, that we're going to be able to take them. They're going to kill us. Two of them said, well, God, we got them. Because Jesus has our back. God has our back. Amen? The gift of faith. And that's Hebrews 11.6. The next thing, the, the H in shape is heart. Heart. Monitor your heartbeat. How many of you know that your heart is a real you? You can put an outside exterior, but your heart is who you are. Each of us has been created with a unique heartbeat. Every person has a slightly different personality. Right? And so each of us, we get excited about different personalities. We get uh, excited about different activities, circumstances, because our hearts, they beat differently. Right? The Bible uses the term heart to represent the center of your motivation, your desires, and your inclinations, whatever you are inclined to do. 
And your heart determines why we do at least these three things. It, your heart determines why you say the things you say. Right? Matthew, in, in Matthew's gospel, Jesus said this, The mouth speaks of what the heart is full of. If you have a lot of F-bombs coming out, your heart's full of F-bombs. Amen? And that's not fun, fun, fun. It's another bad word, you know, and that's a good word. But if it's coming out blessings, it's because your heart's full of the things of God, blessings. Amen? Number two, your heart will determine why you feel the way you do. If you're criticizing people all the time, if you're being negative all the time, if you're talking down to people all the time, it's because your heart needs to be changed. Amen? The Word of God, it says, examines the thoughts and the motives of the heart. And then the last thing, God has given each person a unique heartbeat. God has a purpose in making you who you are. Have you ever dealt with your, your, your siblings or your children and, and they're different, they're completely different? I can, I can ride with my young adults. We can make a trip. I made a trip to New Mexico to check on my mom this week, two days, and, and I rode with one of my sons, and he is completely different than my other son. Completely different. Their heartbeats are different. My daughter's completely different, and you guys know this as well. All of us are different, but God made us unique and made us all special. It's when we put our hearts and we position them for God to lead us in our uniqueness. When you align your heart with God's heart, it's a good thing. The Bible says that God has put into their hearts to accomplish His purpose. And that's exactly what I pray. I say, Father, I want you to place in my heart the things that you want me to accomplish. Let me be a person that's going to glorify you. The next letter in, in our, um, our shape is A. And it stands for ability. You know that one of the reasons people will give for not getting involved in ministry is they'll say, I just don't have any abilities to offer. You ever said that? I just don't have any abilities. I, I can't do what you guys are doing. That's a lie from the pit of H-E-L-L. Everyone has abilities because you're God's child and he made everyone special. And the Bible puts it like this. There are different abilities to perform service, but the same God gives ability to all for their particular service. In other words, God, he gives everyone a different specialty. Every person has a different ability. So abilities without God are just talents. Amen? And you know what talents do without God? They fill you full of yourself. You ever been around someone that's very talented, but they don't have God in their lives? And I tell you, it gets kind of stinky, right? They're boastful. They're arrogant. They talk about themselves. They want people to talk about them. Just look at the, the, the Grammy Awards. Look at the, the things like that. And people that don't have God, they're full of themselves. Amen? But they're talented. Now, the, the abilities with God are opportunities for ministry. Beloved, it is an awesome thing to discover your God-given abilities. 
So I'm going to go over a few of, of many of these abilities and see if any of these make you say, that's me. Entertain me. Entertaining ability. Stand up if that's you. And go like this. Right? To perform, to act, to dance, to speak. There are some in here that you have that gifting, amen, that ability. How about recruiting ability? And that's to motivate people to get involved. I know some individuals that they can go around people and they will get them to do things that I could never get them to do. How did you do it? I don't know. They just want to do it. I'm saying, high five. <laughs> Recruiting ability. How about graphics ability? You're able to lay things out, to design, to create visual displays. You know, I thank the Lord that, that, that you know, P-Dubs, uh, our, our ex-student pastor, he did so much, and Rosie, and, and I, I honestly, whenever he announced that he was going to be leaving, I thought the church, the, the, the visual was going to, that's it, we're done. And God said, Think about it. I'm in control. I said, yeah, you are, Lord. You're in control. He said, I got people with all kinds of abilities. And, and, and uh, Christy Chavez stood up and, and, and came and she started doing our, our, uh, our PowerPoints and our media. And she's done a wonderful job. Give her a big hand. You know, that's the ability that the Lord has given her. How about planning ability? And that you're able to strategize, you're, you, de you design or you organize events. Don't, there are people that when they make something happen, everything is organized, it falls into place. What if you didn't have that? You'd have chaos. Let's have an event. Okay, what are we going to do? Ah, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Right? You know, when we have a funeral here, we have different people that, are, uh, Carol Romero, uh, Sue, Sue, um, Sue Miller, that organize all of the food and, and, and getting people in different places. There's all kinds of things going on for, for weddings. We have a new wedding coordinator, and, and she, uh, um, um, Donna Woods, and, and she makes sure all the weddings fall into place, and, and, and just all kinds of different abilities that are working here in the church. Isn't that, like, really cool? Counseling ability. And that's the ability to listen, to encourage, and to guide with sensitivity. How, how many of you go to different people because you know that they're going to they're gonna counsel you in the right way? Amen? If you don't, let me say to some of you, you need to go. No, it's very, it's very good to, get to, to have someone listen to you and to encourage you. Teaching ability, and that's the ability to explain, to train, to demonstrate, to tutor. Promoting ability, that's the ability to advertise or promote activities. Amen? Repairing ability, this is a huge one. Man, if it was repairing ability and Pastor Bob and I were repairing everything at the church, this church would not function. I got to be honest, PB, I'm sorry. That's to fix, to restore, to maintain. Welcoming ability, and that's the ability to convey warmth, making others feel comfortable. And these are a few of many. So think if everyone would use their God-given abilities and serve at LWC. Think if every person at the church, okay, was to use the gift or the ability that God's given you, what kind of a church would we be? 
And we're already, I believe, a thriving church. I believe that God has placed a lot of wonderful things in Living Word Chapel. But just think if everyone was using your abilities, we would be more of a complete church. This is your year to start out right by using your abilities to make a difference. Amen? The next letter in shape is P, and P stands for personality. And we all know that there are different personalities. Have you ever maybe heard this kind of a conversation or you've been a part of a conversation that you say, oh my goodness, this person called me and the person that you're talking to will say, and they said this and they said this and they said this and that person will say, well, well, that's just, that's just Bobby. That's just Jan. That's just, you know, you know their personalities. Anyone ever, ever thought like that? We all have different personalities. And as much as we like sometimes, we can't change personalities. Amen? But we can change our attitudes through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the important thing is not what type of personality you have. It's what you do with your personality. So here's some things to look at. Around others, I am more outgoing or I am reserved. Who are you? Outgoing would be social and energized by people, lonely when they're not with people, love parties, you're usually the last to leave, you've never met a stranger, you have lots of relationships. Is that you? You have an outgoing personality. If you're reserved, you're drained by people, you're not bothered by being alone, in fact, you enjoy it, you like solo activities, you love to read, you're energized when you're alone, you enjoy others, but you're drained afterwards. Man, I had my family here, but they make me so tired. Right? Limited number of relationships. You have relationships, but you're not like, like that, the, the one that is, uh, is um, outgoing. They have a lot of relationships. You, you're, very, you, you, you're very selective. Okay? Number two, my decisions are based more on facts or they're based on feelings. That's a personality right there. The, if, you're, if you base your, your decisions on facts, it's you like facts, you trust facts, you appreciate past experiences, you learn from them, you're practical. If your decisions are based on feelings, you don't care about what is practical. You love to speculate or go on hunches. I have a hunch. It's going to work this time. I know it. I feel it. You don't care about the past. You want to know what's ahead. You have a great imagination. Number three, in my relationship, I tend to be more dependent or more independent. Dependent, you need people. You need others to validate you. You ask, is this okay? You know, there's two kinds of people. One will say, is this shirt okay? Uh, you know, babe, is this shirt, shirt okay? That's one kind of per personality, right? Another one will say, I don't care what anyone thinks. I'm going to wear it. I'm a trendsetter. You know what I mean? Think of is there those kinds of people. You don't seek validation from others. You figure out your own feelings. In other words, I'm going to figure this out. I don't need anyone to tell me what's going on with me. I'm, I'm okay. You're internal, right? How about number four? My use of time is more determined or spontaneous. 
determined. You, your time is fixed. You have a planner. You don't, go, you don't deviate away from your planner. Right? Any, anyone ever, you, you call someone, can, you want to do this? I can't. My planner is already set. Right? You're determined. You're organized. You plan ahead. You have deadlines. In other words, I have a deadline. It's got to be done. It's got to be done. It's got to be done. And the other one is spontaneous. You ever been around a spontaneous person? They're flexible. Do whatever. It'll work out. They're not as organized. Who needs a planner? It'll all work out in the end. Right? Who needs a, who, who needs a planner? Throughout the day, something's going to come up anyways. You don't plan ahead. At what deadline? Don't worry about it. Now, can I tell you that determined people and spontaneous people, they will, I mean, they'll drive each other nuts without the Holy Spirit. Amen? The last letter in shape is E, which stands for experiences. And we all have them. And the Lord will use our experiences to teach us to trust His faithfulness and to experience His healing. Amen? And then we get to share His faithfulness and His healing with others. Let's look at this in three ways, okay? Number one, God uses our painful experiences. Did you know that? I think we all have painful experiences and God is the one who can heal our pain and turn it into a triumph. There is not a person that is sitting here at this church today, I believe there's not a person that you haven't gone through a painful experience. And either you're going to live in the pain or you're going to live in the victory of God healing you. I'm with people all the time that they, they live in their pain they, and they make God the, 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 the source and, and, and the Lord allows me to be a channel, be, a, be a, an agent of, of showing them that, that God is a God of healing and restoration and blessing. And then sometimes painful experiences will lead us to God. Amen? I love the way Proverbs 20.30 puts it. It says, sometimes it takes a painful experience to make us change our ways. Right? Have you ever heard someone say they haven't reached the bottom, they haven't reached the, the, the what's the word, their lowest point, rock bottom? People say that because there's something that happens when you go through a very difficult time that it sparks something in our hearts. And we start saying, God, are you there? I need you. So number one is painful experience. The, number two is spiritual experiences. Spiritual experiences will build us up and they'll build others around us up. The last two times I've been able to go to New Mexico, I've been ministering to this man who's been in and out of prison and, uh, and the Lord has been able to, he, he's allowed for me to share my spiritual experiences with him and, and God is bringing him closer and closer to Christ. It's just amazing what he's doing. But what's changing him is me sharing my spiritual experiences and what God has done in my life. See, God's a miracle worker. 
He can change your life. And, and, and it, there's always something that's going to happen. Today, you should be thinking, today, God can do a miracle in your life. And tomorrow, God can do a miracle in your life. And the next day, why? Because He's God. I love the way Paul was talking to the Romans. He said, what I mean is that both you and I will be helped at the same time, you by my faith and I by yours. God brought me, uh, I, I had such a blessing happen to me this week. My, my roommate in college, a guy I ran track with, um, uh, we hadn't talked to him in probably, I don't know, 10, 15 years. He got a hold of me, found me on, um, on Googled, James Reese found me, and we've been talking. And he's walking with God, I'm walking with God, and we talk about how amazing Jesus is. Amen. We encourage each other. Our faith encourages each other. And I tell him, do you remember how fast I was, dude? Do you remember that? <laughs> Number three, past experiences. How many of us have a past how many thank God for the present and the future we have in Him? The Bible says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. We don't live in the past because we have been made new. But what a blessing to share the faithfulness of God. What a blessing it is. Now, I want you guys to do something for me. And I'd love for you to do something for yourself. In your, in your bulletin, and, and everyone should have received, the usher should have given everyone a, a uh, shape inventory. You have that? Can you find that? Can you pull it out and, and show it to me? Shape inventory? If you have it, show it to me. Good. I want you to take, we got about five minutes. Take, take some time and fill that out for me right now. And then I want you to turn it in. Put your name on there because we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray with you that the Lord will begin to move you in your strengths and where you are. And I believe it's going to also bring into your mind where you're, where you're, where you're gifted, where your abilities are, where you are, your past experiences, all these different things. So do me a favor and fill that out. And then when you're done, I would love for you to... Um, what are we going to do? Where, where are they going to put them? Back in the back. In the baskets. Yeah, well, good. With the connection card. Put them in the basket with your connection card. We'd love, we'd love for you to do that for me. And uh, isn't God great? Isn't he amazing? As you're writing, just listen to me, but keep on writing. Everyone do one, please. Don't let, don't let uh, I, don't know, well, I don't know what would keep you from not doing it, you know, or, or from doing it, but do it. If you need a copy, raise your hand. They'll get you one real quick. If you don't have one, raise your hand. But I'd love for you to do this for us. Amen? I was going to say this as, as uh, Steve leads us in a song. Um, we've had a complete service this morning. We've had prayer for people, and they were able to, uh, to get healing, and I believe that's going to happen. We've had uh, great praise and worship. We've had the Word of God preached. We've had... Uh, you guys participate in, in taking the next step. Your next step is serving. Who in here, just raise your hand, who would like to serve this year more than what you did last year? Raise your hand. Yeah. Praise God for you guys. And if you didn't raise your hand, I'm praying for you, big time. Because we need to start serving. Amen? Amen. 
You might even get mad at me, but you know what? I, I think that the Lord doesn't call pastors to have pew sitters and seat sitters. I think God calls pastors to encourage everyone to be involved. Amen? Because I'll give an account to him. Amen. And he'll say, why did you let them all sit around and 20% and, and of the people do all the work? Here's the thing. Is that only 20% of the people do the work, there's a lot of tired 20% people. But if everyone comes together, if we had teachers in children's church already set up for the whole year and only, you only took one or twice uh, a turn throughout, throughout the year, wouldn't that be amazing for everybody? You wouldn't be as tired. We just need people to step up. Not, not we, God. Amen? And it's a good thing. So let me pray. Father, thank you for this first service, Lord God. And as everyone writes, Father, I pray you just bless them as they fill out their shape inventory. And, and we're going to give you glory because you're great. And we thank you for all that you do. And thank you for uh, at least one person today receiving Christ. We know that for sure. And the angels are rejoicing in heaven, Lord God. And so we, we magnify you. We, we thank you for the healings that you're, you're going to manifest by your name, Lord Jesus. And, and uh, we're going to give you praise for that too. So all of God's people said amen and amen. Keep on writing. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.